1: conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey
2: welcome to the point after show on the community coffee new Orleans saints radio network bobby ji am gonna throw it to you because so many missed opportunities in this game And you say, man, how many times can this happen in a season? We've seen it time and time again. It's just not one week. It's over and over again and almost like sitting on leads in the second half. Just nothing happening on the offensive side
3: of the football in the second half. Well, it's just embarrassing. I mean, um, you know, you want to set set positive records, not negative records. I mean, if you'd have told me uh, that I'm with my friends or – you know, whatever, and you're hanging out, and you know you're watching at the beginning of the game, and we go like we did against the Eagles. Now the drive wasn't as long, but we were very efficient. We go eight plays, seventy-five yards, a four-minute drive. We're up seven to zero, and then if one of your friends were coming in late and he and he missed the touchdown, he goes well. Well, I wish I'd have been there because the Saints are not going to score again and, and they're going to lose 10-7. You'd, you'd have said, like, what? Are, are, are you a witch? Are, are you crazy? You'd have thought that never would have happened. You can go somewhere else. Yeah, it's- yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, come on. That's uh, I mean, there's no way I thought with the great start that came about that this would have happened. They would have lost this type of game 10-7, but it is the Saints this season. I mean, when you look at it, to me, you should never lose a game. Never lose a game, and I could throw in a number of different categories. If you're holding opponents to 10 points, come on, come on, offense! You're an opponent to 10 points. Uh, you're not gonna win 100%, but you gotta win. You gotta win those games, and then you throw in there. Now, you plus one in a turnover margin, and that doesn't make a difference. So you hold an opponent to 10 points. You plus one in a turnover margin. Uh, you hold your opposing quarterback this day and age to 43 yards passing. No, it's not in one quarter. Uh, th- that was for the whole game by Sam Darnold. Now, Sam Darnold didn't make some plays with his feet. Uh, he broke some tackles. He, you know, he averaged basically five and a half yards a carry. He got 32 yards on six attempts. So he did extend plays. But still, 43 yards passing? Mike, I, I've seen quarterback ratings in the teens, maybe like 17 or 18. And you might say... God, that, boy, how did they win that game? We're lucky. This might be a negative record, 2.8. He had a cube, <laughs> QB. You know, we always want to be like Jesus. 90 plus, 100. He had a quarterback rating of 2.8, that means Sam Darnold. And so that combination, I, I don't know, some some caller or some who that nation member is going to let me know. And I told Charlie, I, I got to find that out. Because if you own an opponent, 10 points or less, you plus one, you give up under 50 yards passing. And you hold opposing quarterback, the 2.8 quarterback rating, and you lose. I mean, th- that means your, your offense has to be like, sorry, is your offense doing anything? Now, well, with that being said, uh, the Saints uh, haven't been swept by the Panthers since 2015 season. You remember Cam Newton, that's when they went 15-1. and uh, So that's understandable. You know, remember they lost those, that Super Bowl that year to the Broncos. But now they swept us. Carolina has swept us. And and think about this. Carolina Panthers have swept us, and they fired their coach, and they got rid of their best offensive player, Christian McCaffrey, who's now with the 49ers. Uh, the Superdome, playing Carolina, you know, that's one thing. We talked about this in the pregame. Even on the Sean Payton, we've dominated in the NFC South the Falcons and uh, the Buccaneers, but not so much the Panthers. And we've almost played the Panthers better in Charlotte than in the dome. We now have a 14 and 13 record in the dome. And we have it uh, now, and we have beaten the Panthers and this is as of late. So we've beaten the Panthers six, the past eight contests. So I thought we had their number, but not so fast. Now, uh, to me, uh, you look at the defense and how well we've played. The Saints uh, have not given up 20, uh, or I should say, have given up now uh, 20 or fewer points in eight consecutive games. But whatever you've done for me lately, the last four games, uh, they've given up uh, basically 12 points of contest. Well, hell, we should be undefeated. Uh, you know, and you look where we're at, and, you know, it doesn't, people might say, well, it doesn't make a difference if you're eight and nine or seven and 10. Seven and ten's a lot worse. Uh, it, it sounds like that you're closer to losing uh, than winning when you're seven and ten versus uh, an eight and nine uh, mark. Now, when I look at like uh, you know, uh, like you said, the game ball, Camara. Camara was running hard. I thought he was outstanding. He was at times five, five and a half yards to carry. He ended up like four point seven uh, with a, hundred, uh, a seven yards total. Uh, now we didn't utilize him enough in the passing game. Now, I would think, okay, and you look Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill had one catch for one yard. Kamara had one catch for three yards. Mike, I I, I don't think I'd ever witness that, that they wouldn't at least be in double digits. But uh, Taysom Hill, total yards of scrimmage, he ended up having 25. Kamara, 110, a total of 135. That always has to be north of 150 yards. The combination of Alvin Kamara, and Taysom Hill and how they're going to tri- contribute in that regard. Uh, the only thing I thought, well, I should say maybe tackling too, but this was obvious. The only area the defense uh, was not good was third down defense. And that hadn't necessarily been the case because uh, we've been like high 30s, low 40s. Uh, Carolina ended up being 8 of 14, 57%. Where, uh, th- that's terrible from a defense perspective but we were terrible offensively we were only 4 13 31% on oh, Bob, third a lot yet. of that in
2: the second half when they were they started to sort of gash the Saints running the ball
3: <laughs> especially in the third quarter Yeah they were getting those 6 7 yards Before yard Foreman yeah. got tossed yeah, in uh, that game but he got tossed with uh, with Davenport and stuff but uh, I thought that that that's where the defense really struggled but it's still if you hold an opponent to 10 points you should win And then you plus one in the turnover margin. Like I said, at times maybe the tackling because they were able, uh, you know, to still rush for 171 yards, a Uh, 4.2 yard average. But Mike, when you count the sacks and all that, uh, you know, I talk about uh, 43 yards passing. The net passing yards is only 32. It's only on this NFL game. It's not a high school game. They had 32 Mm -hmm. net yards. Passing and the refs didn't really call the flag. I think they just wanted the game to hurry up.
2: They said, "Man, you know this is the last game. We're not going to be flag happy." They called
3: four penalties: two against the Saints, two against the Panthers. So you can't bring up all the refs cheated and all that. Uh, We were plus one for the turnover margin. Now we minus eleven for the season. Again at minus eleven for the season, it's amazing we won seven games. Uh, That would be like like you'd be three and fourteen. Are, uh, are, are, are are 4 and 13 uh, by ha- by being minus 11, minus 12, we even got as worst as minus 14. We never could get into single digits and we closed out the season uh, minus 11 in that uh, turnover margin. Uh, I thought um, that Tyron Matthew has played better on the back end of the season. Marcus may had a couple of games and he got hurt, so never got to really see that combination. But I thought Honey Badger, Close out the season well. He led the team in tackles, had that interception. He forced a fumble. I thought on uh, uh, him and Lattimore ended up leading the team uh, along with DeMauro Davis with eight combined tackles. And Lattimore and him had four unassisted. And uh, DeMauro Davis had a, also a tackle for a loss. Uh, but you know who has a nose for the football, Mike? And I want to say his touchdown total, because he was with Honey Badger with the Chiefs, is Daniel Sorensen. I mean, I don't know. He ended up having two picks in the season. <laughs> Look at his limited number of snaps. I mean, he might have a nose for the football. I want to say his career. Now, I don't
2: want him one-on-one in coverage but, much. Uh, but Mike, man, the uh, ball's center fielder. there. Center he fielder. He knows he where instinct. the ball is.
3: He, I think I want to say he has 14 or 15 interceptions now in his career. Are so good for him. I thought David and Yamada. I thought he
2: had his best game of the year.
3: It, it, you look at the numbers,
2: you can say – because, you know, they got all these statistical guys. They Everything is stats for them. You look at the pressures, the way he was able to blow up the inside pocket. Man, he was in the backfield more than Sam Darnold. Yeah, yeah. And he, he gave it, him a lot of problems. I thought this was a very strong game for David Onyemata.
3: No, he, he was disruptive, and um, he looked like uh, that he belonged as far as uh, a big payday, how we paying him. Now, you got to do that. Uh, can you do that throughout a season? The one player who really uh, stepped up on special teams, and uh, I think we keep him around. I'll be interested, like, like with JT Gray. The reason why I bring up JT Gray, because you know how we let Chris Banjo go, and then uh, we let uh, Justin Hardy go. Well, JT Gray is not only producing on special teams, but Mike, he's also producing on regular defense. When I looked at this, Mike, he had a sack today. So now if you look on the season, uh, JT Gray now has two and a half sacks. Who would have thought that? He has two and a half sacks. He has uh, quarterback hurries. He has two quarterback hurries. He has a tackle for loss, and he now has seven unassisted tackles and five uh, assisted, so 12 total leading the team. So that's a you know you play you play uh chief special teams guy like a million plus whatever no J T Gray uh, produced and he was at outstanding level now who was not outstanding what the hell's wrong with Will Lutz I mean uh, Will Lutz I mean because games are gonna come down to whether you make 40, 50 yard field goal a forty four and a fifty five he missed today okay well look like and it wasn't even close nothing the last one was really not yeah. even in there. Well, uh if you look at it now, uh 44 uh, uh, 40 to 49 yard field goals. All I know is he's kicked eight and he's made four. At worst he needs to be 6 of 8 or not 7 of 8. You go on the side no, it's a major difference. He's 4 of 8 from 40 to 49 yards and 4 of 6 to 50 plus yards. No. That's not good. Coming not. into
2: this game, he was 4 or 5. From 50 to 59 yards. Look, in this league, that's really good. And then you would figure he and, flubs one and, today.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and, and, and did you think their kicker was going to miss it at the end? I, I did. He, Eddie Panero. No, no. He's going to make that, even though we know it happened against LSU, right? Mike? You yeah, he, yeah,
2: it was in Gainesville, and he misses the extra point. And end up LSU end up winning that game. And game one of the hottest games. Good lord! Oh, right, right. And but I said uh, I was
3: be around in your life. When I was watching, I said I he ain't. No, you ain't, ain't gonna miss that. And I told you,
2: that. I hope this game don't go into overtime. Maybe one one way or another.
3: Well, may, who knows? The way the, the the Carolina has been up and down, and the Saints, uh, it could have been overtime tight game. The one thing that Andy Dalton, I uh, Andy Dalton, that uh, Coach Dennis Allen was outstanding. Uh, Mike, better than Sean Payton, challenging calls. He was four for four. Four for four on the season when he challenged calls. I guess the coaches telling him in the press box they're doing uh, the right thing. So uh, that that was a good thing. But you know when I knew this game could be um, like, I don't know what's going to happen now, is when you go to halftime.
2: The Olave fumble for me. Wait,
3: wait, wait. Okay. But wait, this also. that said, ah, we're going to be in a dogfight. That when all of a sudden – that Carolina goes 14 plays, 82 yards. It was basically like the nine-minute drive that we had against Philadelphia, and now it's 7-7. Okay, now we've seen the ball being fumbled around the end zone. Why don't we land on it, whether it's our offense or defense? Darnold fumbles on the goal line, is going here, there, and everywhere, and then Michael Jordan uh, recovers for a touchdown. Remember the 49ers game? The ball's going here and there and all that, uh, and and, uh, John Johnson has the chance to. we don't recover. It seems like, boy, I can see why we minus 11, minus minus. Yeah, no,
2: no no question about that. We have not
3: had the ball bounce our way. Uh, But, Mike, what you were saying now about
2: the – Yo, a lobby fumble for me. I I, I, I told you, we in trouble. Uh, Because that game, it should have been 10 to nothing. It could have easily been 13 to zero uh, and possibly 17 to nothing. And then you fumble the ball. I mean, good gracious! Uh, how many ways can you find to lose a game?
3: Well, and I'm telling you this right now, and I'm not heading. I'm not hating on Chris Olave. Chris Olave has a long way to go before he can hold Marcus Coulson and even Michael Thomas's jog when he was playing. Chris Olave fumbles too much, and he catch catch the freaking ball. It was a situation right through uh, his hands. Right mm-hmm. through his hands, Mike. It was third down and three. Six minutes left in, in the fourth quarter. Come on. No, Mike, Chris Olave's been good and I could say very good. You might say, oh, he's just a rookie. Look what he said. No. You don't you, you want to be more Michael Thomas like or you want to be uh more like uh, Marcus Coulson like. And not like, uh, who is the receiver with with, uh, with the Texans right now?
2: Brandon Cooks.
3: You don't want to be another Brandon Cooks where you have 1,000 yards every year, every year, and every year, but you don't really do anything. I'm telling you. Chris Olave is very good, but he's way far from being great. He drops too many balls, and uh, and then fumbles. Can't leave
2: that ball on on the ground. That was Bobby's commentary on the point after. And we'll be back with more of the Point After Show on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Point After Show with Bobby Hebert on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Here's the Miller Lite scoreboard brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller time. The Houston Texans and probably Lovey Smith's last game, and he flung him the double middle finger here. They ended up winning 32-31, beating the Indianapolis Colts, which means that uh, the Texans will now pick fourth. I think Who's in a dra- first, the Bears? Uh, the Bears uh, cinched uh, that particular spot uh, with this loss, uh, with this win by the Texans, and they lost today. Uh, to the Vikings. So 32-31, the Houston Texans beat the Indianapolis Colts. The Saints, again, losing to the Panthers, 10-7. These are some of the early games. The L.A. Chargers, 7-7 with the Denver Broncos, which is a likely spot now uh, for Sean Payton. You can sort of see uh, that multibillionaire owner is already uh, making those calls and trying to get everything set with the Saints. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles with an early 10 to nothing lead. Over the New York Giants, the uh, San Francisco 49ers uh, have a seven to six lead in the first quarter over the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, again, late in the first quarter, Seattle Seahawks and the LA Rams tied at three to three. And a lot of rumors swirling in LA, and w- we talked about this because I I'd, I'd gotten pretty good information. Sean McVay was going to seriously consider maybe walking away after this year, and he's. Considering retirement so, so, so and maybe Mike, going a, into the booth.
3: I have a question for TV you. booth. If you'd be Sean Payton, because it's like rich owner versus rich owner, would you rather the Rams roster or the Broncos
2: No, roster? I'd rather the Broncos okay. roster yeah, because I, I the defense is tailor-made. I, I,
3: I, I agree that
2: And uh, you, you, I think you're just a little bit better off uh, now, now, personnel he, he, Even wise.
3: though you, have, you face-to-face with Pat Mahomes, and then you'd be going against Justin Herbert and all that. But I think Sean thinks, like with Drew Brees, that he could revive uh, Russell Wilson. The other thing,
2: too, is if I'm the Saints and you want to go to the Rams in the NFC, I'm going to ask so, for so, more so, so compensation. What,
3: yeah, what draft capital do they have?
2: Uh, than, than what they have. So, um, again, it's, it's an interesting little twist. But he was recently married uh, in October, and his wife is pushing him that she didn't sign up for all these hours. Come on, you got to know, when you're dating this guy, this ain't no 9-to-5 job. Uh, this is going to be some really, no. really long hours here. Coaches' uh,
3: wives are always uh, special ladies.
2: You better believe it. Washington Commanders early, 7-0 over the Dallas Cowboys, and they missed a field goal also, which could have made it 10 nothing, but missed field goal. The Atlanta Falcons uh, beat the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. the Buffalo Bills, 35, New England Patriots, 23. The Minnesota Vikings, after just a terrible game against Green Bay last week, uh, bounced back 29-13 over the Chicago Bears. The Cincinnati Bengals defeated the Baltimore Ravens 27-16. And you thought the Saints game was unbelievable, but how about Miami? 11-6 to over the Jets. They kicked a late field goal, and then they were kind of tossing it around yeah, on the final the play, and they got a safety out of it. And so uh, Miami back doors in to the playoffs – they got to go to play the Buffalo Bills so in So does Buffalo.
3: Tua play in the playoffs? We'll uh, see. Considering, well, we'll you know, see. if he passes the concussion protocol and stuff. So.
2: We'll see how that goes. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin, boy, you got to give them a lot of credit. Man, they fought back. They had a losing record early in the year. They defeat the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, defeated the uh, Cleveland Browns Brown. 28-14. to no, He's a winner, Mike. Man, he's winner. and he's playing with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, a yeah. rookie quarterback pick it, yeah. and so you, you got to give Mike Tomlin a lot of credit there that's our Miller Lite scoreboard brought to you by Miller Lite, it's Miller time we'll be back with more of the Point After Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network
4: call from mom, answer it call silenced Instacart
5: knows nothing gets between you and the game, that's why they make ordering from your couch easy
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Let's take a 10-second pause for station identification on the New Orleans Saints radio network. We're back here on the Point After Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints radio network. We're going to go to our Oakland Hardjula's Talk and Text Line. We're going to go to Damien in Ponchatoula. Damien, you in the uh, Point After Show with Bobby and Mike.
3: Are you there, Damien? Damien. What you got, what you got Damien?
2: okay, one two one two three, let's go to Brandon Brandon from Mississippi Brandon, you in the point after show with Bobby and Mike,
7: yeah, what's going on, guys all right, uh, brandon, you know uh, i don't, I don't know man we got a lot of we got a lot of work on man the, the season ended the way it started uh you know i I hear uh, I hear rumors about Michael tu's might be traded. uh that's not the same we' were looking for a front office. We're looking for a different kind of trade. Well, uh, they're not going
3: to trade him. They, they can't trade him. Nobody's gonna, no one's going to pick no up that gonna contract. No one's going to eat that contract. No one's going to eat that contract. We're going to have to cut him. Contract. you got to to cut no, him no, loose. No, no, no. They're not going to eat that contract. you got to cut him loose, and they're going to negotiate their own contract with him. Because okay, okay. the collective bargaining agreement, they might have to wait till after June 1st. That, that all comes okay, into play well, that the normal fan doesn't realize.
7: Okay, well, okay, well, maybe he's here, but we still got a lot of work on him. Uh, yes, I better believe it. Yeah, we got a lot of work. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback-wise, quarterback, uh, we ain't got – every quarterback on our roster, that's not the quarterback we need, not, not, not them, one of them. Olave, he's not that guy. Uh, no, he's good. He's good, know, very man. good, but, but he's yeah, not, he's like, not he's a an a alpha dog. On.
3: He's not an alpha dog. I, I don't think Chris Olave – is that to no, me? He's not. He, 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 he's not that guy. He, he, guess what? Lavi's my bad. not better than Shahid. <coughs> Let's be real. He's not better than Shahid. Cuz no, no. Shahid
7: was unblasted.
3: Yeah, no, that, that's a good point as he's far as production. That uh, as far as and production when not, you bring uh, that up, that's a good point, Brandon. I don't know why you didn't target
7: him more Saheed. today,
2: Rashid Shahid. I don't get it.
7: And guess what? And I don't know. I don't know what this. Look, okay, let me talk about this and you know, uh, beginning of the season, we I know we hired Dennis Adams, but guess what? That that Kansas City offensive coordinator. I think he should have been our head coach. Kansas City out there playing merry-go-round, playing around, and, and still scoring touchdowns. Don't go having fun out there. We should have hired him as the
3: coach. But wait, the, do you think though? Okay, I have a question for you, Brandon. Do you think that when you look at Andy Reid and then you look at Eric Bieniemy? Uh, listen, right place, right time. Uh, do, do you think that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, the the coach points the player in the right direction, but I think Patrick Mahomes is the difference maker. So, so in other oh, yeah, words, in yeah, yeah, other yeah, words, Patrick I Mahomes. makes Oh Okay, but listen, Brandon, react, Brandon, Brandon. Attitude. But Brandon, Patrick Mahomes makes Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid look great all the time. If that makes sense.
7: Yeah. But Bobby, Bobby, you know you don't think that Dennis Allen, he's not he, he's not a leader. He's a good defensive coordinator. You don't think they could have said, okay, Dennis Allen, we finna bring in uh, Airbnb. can you still be defensive coordinator? I just think the player would have done better with a different with just a different route, just a different because they would have answered better. Can you can, can you can't say that the player played? Man, listen, this season was trash, man. The say sorry was sorry this shit. We got swept by the Carolina Panthers. Like, no, no no, the, no, 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 that is sorry. No, no, that ain't was, sugar season, hey, hey season Brandon, season, Brandon,
3: Brandon, Brandon. That is sorry. You get swept by the Carolina Panthers. We got swept in 2015 when, 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 when they were 15-1. and one. Carolina fired their coach and got rid of Christian McCaffrey. So, no, you lost twice to a sorry Carolina team. Because, uh, now, when you look at Carolina when they won, they beat the Lions, and, and, and does Carolina, like, uh, they have any imagination what they're doing now? They're playing hard for their coach. And all that, but you look at Sam Darnold and, and how, how they've won. Sam Darnold is a younger version right now of Andy Dalton. <laughs> the, the, that's true. You, so, you and so, I, I talked about so that. So Carolina's thinking, what the hell are we could do with Sam? Uh, with, uh, with the Sam Darnold? No, they're going yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, and it in might. Say, I don't know. Maybe it's a bridge guy, and, and the same thing with Andy Dalton. I don't know. Maybe he's the bridge guy in the future. No, that's why for us to lose twice to Carolina, that's inexcusable. The, the, Mike, the, there's we should that should have been two wins at least one not zero oh, and two. Come on!
2: Thanks so much for the call, Brandon. All we right, appreciate Brandon, it. You. We'll be back with more of the point after show. Right here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We're back here on the Point After Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We want to give thanks again to the good folks at uh, Magazine Pizza, 1068 Magazine for feeding our Saints crew today. Magazine Pizza, dine in or delivery the best gourmet pizza selection in town. Magazine Pizza also has pastas, sandwiches, wings, and salads. Hey, you can check them out at magazinepizza.com. Bob, you got a text. Yeah,
3: a couple of texts I'm going to read. But just to show you, I got to keep it real. Uh, You know, I used to make fun of, uh, because I thought they had a chance to get all four teams into the playoffs, that being the NFC East. It shows you how quickly things could turn around. They were the NFC Lease. And always talked about the NFC South this year as the NFC doubt. Well, that's what it turned out to be. Mike, this is embarrassing. The NFL doesn't like this. Do you know uh, it's like everybody's hovering around 500. You might like that, but it's like, okay, the Saints are 7-10. and The Falcons are 7-10. and Carolina is 7-10. And, and the division winning our, bucks are eight, eight and nine, and they have a losing record. And they host a playoff game. See, to me, they should have to go on the road. Okay, you made and it the might play be, well be the. Okay. Yeah, you made the playoffs, but how can you host a playoff game with a losing record that happened wow. to us when we won eleven games? You remember, and we had to go to Seattle, and they had a losing record. And well, it happened to Carolina in twenty fourteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that,
2: that uh, they had. Uh, what it was, uh, eight seven and one record, well, well, that, uh, that, seven eight and one record. Well, they ended up winning the
3: NFC South, yeah, and they win the first game just yeah. like when Seattle beat the Saints. Well, uh, no, I think in the playoffs, home field advantage and all that. Now, the the, the divisions are still important to get you into the postseason. Doesn't necessarily mean hosts. I mean, you have to earn that. To me, uh, that's why I don't think Tampa Bay should be hosting a game. Uh, in the playoffs for the losing record. Now, I'm going to read a couple of these texts. This is um, from, uh, let me see, 51-18. Andy Dalton was throwing the ghost players. Didn't even see a wide-open Taysom Hill in the end zone. Dalton was horrible. I don't say he was horrible. He wasn't very good. Now, he was horrible in that particular play because that's when Will Lutz ended up missing the 44-yard field goal. It was third and six. And don't, Mike, I said this at halftime. You cannot miss this. He missed Taysom Hill, won a wide-open touchdown. He was high school wide open. Mike, it was kind (laughs) of like, okay, uh, don't you think Trevor Lawrence is the future top-notch quarterback? He missed one, too. He missed one last night, wide open, high school open, maybe junior high open. And what happened last night, Trevor Lawrence missed him against the Titans. But their defense got a scoop and score, and they won. Do you know the Jaguars didn't even make a first down in in the fourth quarter? And they still won. Oh, the great Trevor Lawrence. I'm just telling you. Okay, but they did not win. I'm, I'm not poo pooing Trevor Lawrence. I'm just telling you. But back the, to the Andy the, the Yeah, but Andy, Andy
2: starts the game. He's four for four, 59 yards, and a, a touchdown, touchdown. Yeah. in less than four minutes. And then you saw it just gradually go down. And this offense had no rhythm, no rhyme. The play calling, man. Uh, again, that's questionable. There, well, that's well, where you gotta have to make some changes. Well, and, on the and, offensive side, and of football. to
3: me, what happened on the Nanny dome play? Just watching as an out, uh, outside observer, but playing that position, uh, when he missed Taysom Hill, to me, he was too focused on Alvin Kamara. You know, he threw like a, like a wild pass, whatever. Instead of uh, uh, you know, you could be a veteran and still get fooled by the coverage, but uh, he missed Taysom Hill. And like I said, that's when Will Lutz uh, missed that 44-yard field goal. And we were not up 10-0. to We were still only up 7-0. to Now, I commented on this. And a couple of Who that Nation members, I think they agree with me. You got some fans that say, "Hey, are you just a hater? <laughs> I don't think I'm a hater. 51-18. I totally agree with what you said about Chris Alave. Uh, this is 91-90. Alave's worst game of the year. Mike, we were targeting him. He was targeted 12 times, only five catches. And I tell you, he fumbles the ball. That critical one, though, right between his hands and the fumble. No, no. Uh, the, the fumble. Mike, if you look at that critical, uh, the time in the game when it happened, six minutes, 11 the fourth quarter, is third and three. Now you have to remember, the game's still 7 to 7. And all of a sudden, we're right there. Uh, we're going to be knocking on the door. Uh, he don't catch the ball. It's a slant route. I'm telling you, and that's why I, the callers agree that Chris Olave right now is nowhere near Marcus Colston or Michael Thomas. Even you, even them, like in their young career, okay. Chris Olave is good to very good. He's not great. He has a lot of work to do, and he's a
2: totally different type receiver than Coston and Thomas. No, no, no. He's, he's not, a different he, he
3: gotta, he, guy. He's got to get in the weight room. he got to get a lot stronger. He's more like Mike, who we got from uh, Brandon v- Cooks. Brandon Cooks. He's a of, slightly bigger version. Of Brandon he's Cooks not as fast, but he's a slightly State. bigger version And, and look how Brandon. And look how many games or how many year in, year out, that Brandon Cooks always gets 1,000 yards. See, to me, I want Chris Olave on my team, but not the alpha receiver. I want him like that 2-3 No, this guy. team's got to go
2: out and find them a
3: big man target yes. wide yeah. out now, in the uh, offseason. That doesn't mean Chris Olave's not going to have a thousand yard receivers, uh, uh, receiving, b- because that's what Brandon Cooks has done. But look at all the different places Brandon Cooks has been. You know why? Because he's not that alpha receiver. We'll be back with more of the Point After Show with Bobby Bear
2: on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We're back here on the Point After Show with Bobby Bear on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Always remember to fuel up at McDonald's. We're going to go back to our Oakland Hard Talk and Text line. We're going to go to Damien in Ponchatoula. Damien, in the Point After Show with Bobby Abear.
4: All right, can you guys hear me now? Yes we
2: can, Damien.
4: All right, where ya, Bobby and Mike?
3: Where you at, um, where you at Damien. Where, where yeah, Damien? What you got, dog?
4: Oh man, I'm I'm over here in Ponchatoula, Tula, man. I'm, you know, man, I've been trying to get you guys on my podcast, but I will get you guys on there. <laughs> um, so so uh look. My first thing is um uh, you know, the whole Dennis Allen thing, everybody's, you know, calling for his firing, and I'm I'm one of them. I understand he's a human being, and that sucks, but it's a business. But my main thing, my main thing is Pete Carmichael. Um, Pete Carmichael is run, run, pass, punt, repeat. And I think he got a lot of credit. He got a lot of credit uh, when, you know, Sean Payton was out there calling the plays. But uh, he's got to go. I mean, he's very predictable.
3: Well, uh, uh, okay, Damon. Um, Damon, okay, if you look, if you know Saints history, okay, mm -hmm. you know Bounty Gate. And uh, if you look where we are ranked now, you might say, well, we had Drew Brees at quarterback, which does make a difference. But, you know, Sean Mm -hmm. Payton gave the Liberty to P. Carmichael out of 16 seasons to call uh, the plays for basically 33 games. So th- th- that's uh, th- that's uh, like basically two seasons out of 16. Do you remember right. the game when we whipped the Indianapolis Colts and we scored 62 points, the greatest offensive outing in Saints history? Guess who called the plays? Pete Carmichael. Yeah, the, uh, the P- the, no, no. The, P- the Curtis – no, Pete Carmi-
5: Painter-led Colts?
3: Yes, but Pete Carmichael called the plays for the Saints, and, and I know we had, uh-huh. Drew, we had Drew Brees at the helm. The, the point I'm making is that the Saints probably, they, they could go in a different direction. And you might say, well, I'm worried mm-hmm.
2: about – I think yeah. they will go in well, a different direction. And I'm direction. worried
3: about Pete Carmichael and his family and all. They've been in New Orleans so yeah, long. It, Don't worry. It, that, it, that's it, all, it,
2: he's going to get another well, job. Well, the thing is, yeah,
3: if you're a football coach, come on, you're, you're like a military brat. You're just going to be you have to go to a different base. You have to go somewhere else. The Sean uh, Payton uh, base. Yes. <laughs> I can tell you right now, Damon, the hottest coach right now – You know, six, seven, eight coaches get fired every year in the NFL, and the hottest coach, who'd be number one? You'd say Sean Payton, then Jim Harbaugh. Then you can have different opinions after that. But I I guarantee you, uh, you don't have to necessarily feel sorry for Pete Carmichael because you know who trusts him and would have him in that coaching fold uh, with him is Sean Payton. So that's why if we want to get rid of uh, Pete Carmichael, don't feel like, oh, man, I feel bad for Pete and his family and all that. No. Come on. Uh, football's been very, very good to him. And uh, he's going to get to go. For, and he's uh,
2: from that environment. Yes. I remember his dad coaching. when he was a coach at Louisiana Tech. His dad bounced all across America coaching. So Pete uh, understands hey. that, listen, when things don't go well, they're going to point the finger at it. It's a lot easier to get rid of the coach than it is the players.
3: Yeah, yes. In it, today's it, world. It, it, it ha- happens all the time. All I know is Damien, all the who that nation. Just look, look up in Saints history, fifty plus years, probably off the top of my head, the greatest offensive performance ever. Uh, Pete Carmichael called the plays, and it was against the Colts defense. Now, uh, now, now, uh, Peyton Manning's not playing it quarterback Peyton for the and Colts. Wasn't Wasn't luck? But, 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 uh, who? They don't play defense. Or nope. well, what happened? He's going against the Colts defense. Remember when I told you uh, uh, Bill Pullion wouldn't even talk to me? And I was buddy buddies here for the USFL. Yeah, he was so embarrassed in, 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 in the press box, he wouldn't even like talk to me Bobby, because I, they got humiliated I, by the Saints.
2: I, I was somewhat hot in the line, and when Pullion passed me, I cooled off. He went by you so quick. No, and, and he created and my, a breeze. And,
3: and he always stops me, and we come find me yeah, and talk exactly. to me. He was so embarrassed how the Saints had whooped the Colts, and and I'm telling you that Pete Carmichael was calling those plays. I think it was the Bounty Gate year, but look at when We scored 60-some points against the Indianapolis Colts.
2: Thank you so much for the call, Damien. We appreciate it. We'll be back with more of the Point After Show with Bobby Hebert on the Community Coffee and New Orleans Saints radio network. This episode is brought
0: to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?
2: We're back here on the Point After Show with Bobby Hebert on the Community Coffee in New Orleans Saints radio network. It's time now for our Diamond and the Rough performance of the game presented by Friend and Company. You have a friend in the jewelry business. Bobby, I'm going to give it to Shy Tuttle. Five tackles today, three unassisted tackles, and one tip pass. And Shy Tuttle playing in the middle. Here's a guy comes in. Undrafted free agent. The only reason he signed with the Saints was Ryan Nielsen. Ryan tried to recruit him at North Carolina State. He's one of the most highly recruited uh, defensive linemen uh, along the Atlantic Seaboard. He goes to Tennessee, has injury after injury after injury, goes undrafted. But his connection with Ryan brought him to the Saints. He played strong in the middle for the Saints
3: today. Well, Well, Mike, hopefully the Saints could keep him. Because uh, bang for your buck, uh, you need those type of role players. Uh, like you said, five total tackles. He had as many individual tackles as DeMario Davis with three. So, no, Shy Toto has been consistent. And considering uh, what you're paying him, the one guy that has been disappointing and played up to the standards of his paycheck was David Onyemata today. I think David Onyemata on the back end of the season, Mike, he's done better. He has played up to uh, that contract. You know, David Onyemata, for instance, a sack, three total tackles, a quarterback hurry, a tackle for a loss. Well, uh, David Onyemata, I'm not saying he has to get a sack every game, but he has to have numbers every game. He pushed that inside pocket real well. You could see he rattled
2: Sam Darnold almost from the start to the end. Now, Sam made a few plays late and got him down in there. But still, uh, 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 Anumata's getting paid a lot of money. Shai Tuttle isn't.
3: Right, and Malcolm Roach isn't. Malcolm Roach, Mike, we saw two angles. Now, Sam Darnold, he's he's not Pat Mahomes or Houdini. Malcolm Roach should have had two sacks.
2: He ended up having he took the wrong angles yes, twice. he ended
3: up having one tackle. He should end up having two sacks. But those are the kind of guys that have to work out for you, the Malcolm Roaches, uh, the shy turtles of the world. Because you know
2: why your first round pick was a healthy scratch today.
3: Well, and, 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 and Peyton Turner, and, and, and yeah, a Peyton, healthy scratch. Peyton, today. Peyton Turner, Peyton Turner. Uh, they treat him like he's a free agent instead of number one draft pick. How he's not even like dressed out for of the game. Mike, I'm looking at uh, some of these cowgirl games <laughs> against the Washington Commanders. You know who's the only uh, kicker who's struggling more than Will Lutz right now? The <laughs> Commanders kicker. The <laughs> so Washington kicker misses two field, two field goals. And an extra point. An extra point. Right now, it should be 20-0 to zero that should be leading the Cowgirls, Damn. and it's only 13-0.
2: All right. So, that, you know,
3: Feast are family kickers, you know. They kind boy, of break you go it. through
2: the trade, man. Yeah. But Shy Tuttle was our Diamond in the Rough performance of the game presented by Friend and Company. You have a friend in the jewelry business. Bob, we're going to go back to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line. We're going to go to Smitty. Smitty, in the point after with Bobby A. Hello. Hey, hey yeah, Smitty,
7: what's you got? Yeah, how y'all doing, man? All right, Smitty. Yeah, happy New Year's. Happy Same New to Year you, to buddy. you guy. I'll ask you something. The lady was right when she was saying that. Pete called Michael. I don't know why they don't design plays for the tight ends. Why the Saints don't use their tight ends enough? They make a couple of passes here, there, every now and then. They don't use their tight ends.
3: When Drew Brees was playing, he spread that ball around. But that oh, was David. Drew. So so maybe that's the quarterback. It's, it's the it, quarterback. It, I'm telling it you. That might be more Andy Dalton than um, – okay.
2: Than yeah. it is the okay. play call because Drew wanted to get the ball. If it was Shockey, if it was Graham, if it was Ben Watson, David Thomas, you no.
3: named it. Uh, Smitty, Smitty. Uh, okay. It was okay. Drew. Hey, hey, Smitty, I agree with you right there. Look, okay, come on. Look, he's been a big part of what we've done this season as far as production. Jawan Johnson had one target, one catch for twenty-one yards. And that was what? it. That what? That was it. The whole game. And then you had Troutman, uh, one target, one catch for eighteen yards. Then he got hurt. And no, and, and 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 Troutman can't block. I mean, he's he, he the, got spun around like no, a top. Is either he he's gonna get a penalty? We only had two penalties. It seemed like Troutman's always involved. I mean, I I don't know. And uh, to have him pass protect. I mean, uh, <laughs> it, uh, uh, edge rusher. Come on, he has no chance. Uh, but but uh, yeah, they should have gave John Johnson more targets.
7: Okay, why San Francisco and in, the, in uh, Kansas City they used
3: eight tight ends to the fullest. Well, it could be. Well, it uh, does count who's catching is,
7: it. Taysom here was <laughs> wide open in yep, the end he zone. sure was. No,
3: uh, no, was I, I, wide I, open I, uh, on that play. I'm telling you, if you look at Andy Dalton's eyes, he was too focused on Alvin Kamara, and Carolina almost rolled the dice and. They followed his eyes, and he don't screwed up. He would tell you he screwed right. up. He had, uh, he had Taysom Hill wide he open, screwed
7: up, and, 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 and it would have been I'm
3: fourteen to zero instead of us missing a forty-four-yard field goal.
7: And I'm another thing I'm gonna tell you. I give Camara maybe a year and a half playing the NFL. They gonna kill Camara if they don't get him some help in that backfield.
3: Well, uh, don't hey, you know, it'd be interesting to see in the off-season. And uh, I think Alvin Kamara, like I've said, to close out the season, Alvin Kamara, he's not saving himself. He's running north and south. He was running hard today. You look at Alvin Kamara's yards 107 yards, 4.7. But you know what's going to happen? And he was
2: dragging people with
3: him. Yeah. But the one thing, you know how you got to uh, give up something to get something? I would not be uh, shocked if Alvin Kamara would be involved in trade talks. Because you know why? He's going know. to be suspended probably and for half the season. I mean, I don't think he's going to jail, but he's going to be suspended for six or eight games. Watch what's coming out next season. You know, you push it down the road, push it down the road, all oh, what happened in Las Vegas. No, it's going to come to the forefront. And so now. I want you know, a bigger back. So when you're negotiating with another team, they know that too. But Yeah, they
2: got you by the teriyaki. Yeah, you and we are going to get for? Everything.
3: for the same thing a lot of fans say, oh, well, we just need a, like, uh, you know, uh, trade Michael Thomas and get something and for And get him. a first-round pick. or so What? Nobody's giving you up that. They're not because he hasn't played. He hasn't played. They're and gonna, I don't want to take that contract. They're going to wait till you cut him so they don't have to pay him that contract. And then they, they're going to negotiate their own contract with him. So the only thing uh, that I think we can hope for right now, and, uh, and, and this is dealing with Sean Payton. Because a lot of times there's still uh, the elephant in the room. What in the hell are we going to get for Sean Payton if he doesn't want to come back to the New Orleans? And the one thing, you know, Sean has a lot of leverage, but the Saints still own his rights. We've talked about this until 2024. But any team who wants to hire Sean, uh, they would need to work out a trade with the Saints and get the Saints compensation. Now you look at the Broncos, a lot of money, Walmart money, and where they're at. Uh, they own The only pick in the first two rounds, of the 2023 NFL draft is the first-rounder that originally belonged to the 49ers. Remember the Russell Wilson pick? They gave that up, but they got the 49ers picked back. So Mike, In the
2: Bradley Chubb trade yes. with Miami.
3: So I think what would come about uh, that the Saints would get, if you're dealing with the Broncos, would get their first-rounder that originally belonged to the 49ers, which would now come to the Saints, and then you'd have players involved – and I no, think, Bob, a, a, Bob, a, Bob, you wait, can't wait, wait, trade wait.
2: players for coach.
3: You can't? Okay, yeah. well, then if you can't do that, then I would say – Give and, me a conditional pick for next year 2024. on the amount of wins
2: uh, for 2024. Yeah, yeah. It's, Base it's, it on Sean's performance and Broncos' performance so, in so, 2023 So, 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 so could give you, me that extra pick in 2024. Could you do then,
3: uh, like you're saying, a first-rounder, <clears throat> you get the Broncos' first round in 2023 for Sean – But then also you get some kind of conditional pick or picks in 2024? That's what I would do. So so I think that's what's going to happen.
2: Based off of record... Of the Broncos. So, you see,
3: I learned something every day. I did not know
2: Can't trade players th- that players
3: coaches. could not be involved with coaches. Nope, I did not can't know do that. It.
2: That that's been a rule in See who that nation, I learned something every day. Every once in a while. We'll be back with more of the point after show on the community coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Back here on the point after show, on the community coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Bob, let's go back to our Oakwood Hard Jewelers talking text line. We're going to go to Michael in Baton Rouge. Michael, you're on the Point After Show with Bobby Aber on the Community Coffee and New Orleans Saints Radio Network.
7: Hey, Bobby, I'm still
8: going to say who that, but it was a very disappointing year for us who that fans. That's we right. got our emotions so high during the free agency and all that. So right? we, just, we just started out very sour, and we just can't blame it on the injuries. It's all about when one go down, the next man must step up.
3: You agree with me down there, that? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, what I agree with, there's no excuses. Because everybody Uh, got injuries. uh, Everybody has injuries. And, uh, you know, you you always look back. You know, one thing that I noticed when I was playing or just observing is that when you win, okay, you won, and then, you know, you look at the film and you break it down, then you kind of go on. And you have to pay attention to detail. But you know what, Michael, when you lose – it's always like five plays it ain't like 10 15 20. it's like five plays like less than that <laughs> yeah yeah if we would have did this this or that that that's all the difference in the game it's difference whether you catch a ball you have a first down sustained drive or you drop a touchdown all these things like uh you have an easy like interception you might drop it and then, therefore, uh, you don't stop the opponent, so they end up uh, scoring whether it's a field goal or a touchdown. Now, you focus on that when you don't win. And that just shows you the parity in the NFL. And right now, we are a team right now that we always, the glass is half empty, not half full, because we find a way to lose. When we were winning, and you're watching, Michael, we are winning 7-0, to zero. I said, oh, the all the, the the Saints are going to take care of business today. I'm like, what the hell happened the rest of the game? If you're watching that, all I know is you're like, you're just frustrating, and uh, you know your wife has to calm you down so you don't go kick the cat or the dog, and like and blame them. It's just frustrating to watch when it seems like you were setting the tone from the get go, like we saw against the Eagles, the first drive, and then it kind of falls apart. You,
2: know, you had them by the teriyaki, you left them loose again. Yeah. Uh, you leaving points on the board in the first half. You oh, basically dominated,
3: you. and it comes back to haunt you when you're going to play so conservative offensively in the second half of games. Well, and the thing is how Dennis Allen and how I think we're structured, we want to have an outstanding defense. Well, then you have to have an efficient offense all the time. And what I mean by that, efficient offense, when you have a chance and you're counting on your kicker, like when I even played, we counted on Martin Anderson and he'd uh, make a, a critical field goal. Mike, I'd I tell you this like, Martin Anderson probably, probably, and he told me, Bobby, I'm sorry. I go, what, Martin? You've been awesome all the time. We played the Redskins one time in Washington and he missed a field goal and the field was kind of messed up, but they were the Super Bowl champs and, and we ended up not winning the game. Then the, the next time we were teammates in Atlanta, we were playing the Jaguars. And he basically missed an extra point and we lost the game. But that was like two times in like 14 years, like 13, 14 years. It's like, Martin, come on. But now, if you look at this team, like with Will Lutz, when you have uh, kicks and you need those points, that makes all the difference. When it comes, they're going to
2: have to work on why he is only a 50% kicker from 40 to 49 yards. Bob,
3: that's unusual, and you four from six from 50 to 59? Well, and you might say it's bad luck when we lost to the Vikings in England because the the Vikings have been lucky, you know, double doink and all that. But, um, no, and and I think he has the ability, but it's a production business. The same thing if you're a punter or a kicker. No, it's all about producing. You have to produce our teams going in a different direction. But then uh, all the money you have invested in them, then they have to work out. So the, the bottom line is, uh, and Michael, if you want to come back on, that, that right now where the Saints are at, instead of finding a way uh, to win, <laughs> they're finding a way to lose. And uh, I'm almost not even surprised. I even told Mike, I go, when all of a sudden we're only have 7-0, to zero, and then all of a sudden they, uh, the third quarter they set the tone. I go, watch, man, the Saints are going to lose this game because uh, they should be well in control when they're not. And they should have been in the third quarter, but all of a sudden they give up a 14-play, 82-yard drive and an eight-minute drive. All of a sudden, you think the quarter's almost over. This is the kind of game Carolina wants to be in, and it's seven to seven. I'm like seven to seven. We should be up by double digits. You can't keep how how the hell this happened.
2: You can't keep asking your defense to basically carry two pails of water.
3: Constantly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It can't happen. No, the defense defense sucked at the beginning. But as of late, the defense has been outstanding amongst the best in the National Football League. Okay, I got to read this. I got to read this, Michael, because I I thought I was going to share this in a victory. I was so confident the Saints were going to win I said I- I'm going to share this, but damn it, it didn't happen. I'm still going to share it. Um, okay, you look at—we started out two and five, and the last nine games we were five and four. Well, now we know uh, we're five and five. And do you know the first seven games we had given up more points than any other team in the NFL? Okay, I'm going to read that again. I'm going to read that again. The first seven games, the Saints had given up more points than any other team, 200 points. They'd given up 200 points. And they only had in those seven games 15 sacks, okay? Remember we shut out the Raiders since week eight when we shut out the Raiders? Okay, now think about these categories. It's like five defensive categories. No, we're playing winning football to close out the season, but the offense at times has not uh, pulled their weight. Scoring defense. Overall, since week eight, uh, number three, giving up 15 points a game. Pass defense, since week eight, we're number one. Number one, Nash, but all the injuries in the, the secondary, giving up 176 yards passing. Completion rate. Opposing quarterbacks. You know, I said, oh, can you be a 65 70% passer? Well, that'll we'll, be better after this week with, well, with Darnold. Mike, we're only giving up 59%, and we were second best in the league. Uh, you, you look at Darnold. He was 5 of 15. That's a freaking joke. What? Passer rating. Okay, passer rating, we were number one, giving up only 77%. You know, you want to be 90 plus or 100. And uh, Dawn had, I mean, uh, uh, Darnold had 2.8. Uh, listen, uh, passer rating. Sacks. Okay, we were tied for second. 31 sacks. Okay, well, what did we end up having today? Uh, I'm looking at sacks. So we had two sacks. So, uh, so what did we, okay, I got to look at what did we end up, you know, totaling sacks because I thought we had to get three or four to really be where we wanted to be as far as uh, total sacks. Now, and the thing is that – okay, I got it right here. The total sacks – okay, Mike, what do we always say if the Saints are rolling in the right direction as far as getting after the opposing quarterback? You look at quarterback hurries and hits – we got to be high 40s and low 50s. Mike, we ended up right at high, at high 40s. We had uh, we had 48 total sacks uh, on the season. Now, I wish we had like 50, 51. Today, you could have got to 50. Yeah, Yes, we could have. With Malcolm Rose. twice. Yes. Took a bad angle. So, uh, we got the back end of the season. We got after the opposing quarterback. And the point being that we're tied for second. Mike, since week eight. So I'm telling you, our defense, and Dennis Allen is in charge of the defense, played winning football. And I don't know how the team is structured, if we don't have enough weapons offensively. Uh, but uh, we did not l- – l- uh, listen. If we're holding anyone, and you look as of late, we're holding them basically like the 12, 13 points a game. That's embarrassing if you lose those games. And we've well, you lost one today. right. <laughs> that, that, that should never happen. And then you plus one. Uh, no, no, I, I, I'm looking where we're at right now. Sometimes want to look at the glass half full. But then I still say and it's still it, a half empty. No, it's half empty because <laughs> it's the bottom line. Did you win or lose? And we're not winning. That's we're, right. we're seven and 10.
2: Thanks so much for the call, Michael. We are really appreciate it. We'll be back with more of the Point After Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Let's take a 10-second pause here for a station identification on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We're back here on the Point After Show with Bobby Hebert on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Uh, we're gonna go to Larry, Larry Hudak Truck. Larry, you're in the huddle on the Point After Show with Bobby
3: Bear. Hey, Bobby and Mike, what's up, fellas? Happy what's New Year!
2: Same to you, Larry.
3: Hey, Larry, what you got, Bobby? You know it disturbs me. I listen to you every Sunday,
2: well, every day really, but after the games, every Sunday, these oh. people calling it whining and dining, these bandwagon jumpers. But when the Saints win, you don't
8: hear nothing from them. I love my Saints. You can take me out of the Saints, but you can't take the Saints
2: out of me. I'm a Who that Nation lover. I'm right behind you and Mike, Bobby. Well,
3: well, well, well the, 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 the but totally is Larry a
2: sort of a vent of frustration, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, more than yeah. anything. It's frustrating, and and I get it. It's a little bit of a vent.
3: Well, well, I, I can tell you, Larry, uh, it happens. Let's say the Saints would have beat Carolina, uh, we would have have the calls uh, that we have now. When they lose. No, they want to vent. And that, that's what this show is all so far for you to vent. Uh, whether you want to talk about good things, you want to talk about uh, bad things, uh, you know, you have different personalities, you have different characteristics where you look at the glass half full and half empty. But I'm telling you, uh, 7 and 10 is totally unacceptable. Uh, listen, I think the local media has let the Houdet Nation down. There's nobody... Pick the Saints with a losing record. Can you imagine if someone would have came out in August and said, "I don't know, you're all on the bandwagon with the Saints. I think they're gonna win maybe uh, seven games. It might even be six, but I think they'll get to seven. You know, th- like that's blasphemy. We're all thinking, based on what happened last year, we're gonna build upon last year's season. Well, we're gonna at least be nine and eight. If not get to 10 games, uh, games, uh, 10 wins. You look at free agency and who we added and all that, but that's why they play the games. Uh, th- that's why, and they're pros, and you got to hold them accountable. They're all adults. So listen, uh, when, we, when they win, we glorify them. When they lose, uh, you can bash them. Th- that just comes with the territory, and uh, that's just the way it is, Larry. And, and the Saints underachieved. I mean, they're underachieved with seven wins. Uh, I would say um, the Falcons didn't underachieve because that's what people thought they'd win, five or six games. They won seven. Carolina, the same thing. You might say Tampa Bay underachieved by going eight and nine. Uh, I would say in the NFC South, both the Saints, as far as prediction preseason, the Saints and Tampa Bay underachieve, but they're moving on. We're not. And I would say. That's the difference. And, and I, I would say, uh, Mike, the Carol- Carolina and the Falcons were kind of like where we thought they would be. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Or, or maybe uh, a little better,
2: one game better. Maybe the Falcons slightly better.
3: No, but we had thought uh, like I 7 see. and 10, like, pan- like uh, the, six wins, 6 and 11. And I'll give
2: it to the Panthers after everything that happened with, oh. the, with a Matt Rule coached team that. That wasn't going anywhere. You got Robbie Anderson that basically threw a fit on the sidelines, and then you deal him off. You deal off Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you, you got your uh, owner before the final game. He's playing footsie with Jim Harbaugh.
3: Well, well, yeah. Come yeah, on. And, 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 and it, it just goes uh, to show you that uh, how Carolina came together as a team I'm telling you, that is embarrassing how we lost, considering the adversity at Carolina, we lost to Carolina twice. That's unacceptable. We shouldn't have lost to Carolina one time this year, but we lost twice. You you can't get swept. Now, like I said before, I can understand in 2015, the last time we got swept by a division opponent like Carolina in 2015, but they were 15-1. and They were beating everybody. And they were going to the Super Bowl. But this year, you get swept by uh, Carolina. No, Carolina's a losing team. So if, if you're getting swept by a losing team, what does that make you? A losing team.
2: Okay. Uh, they got some people out there that really don't think Sean Payton made that much of a difference. This year should have showed you what an elite coach does in, in this In this National Football League. That, you wouldn't have had a seven-win season with Sean. You'd have been pushing that nine ten mark.
3: Yeah, no, it, it's a fine thin line. It, it's you might a fine think line, th- th- but that, that is not that much difference. difference. Uh, now, uh, double digit, you need more Drew Brees. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. yeah, we'll take that too. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but
2: but that that ship has passed. We'll be back with more of the point after show on the Community Coffee and Orleans Saints Radio Network.
9: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter.
2: We're back here on the Point After Show with Bobby Abear on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We'll tell everybody, hey, just remember, after every game, fuel up at McDonald's. We're going to go back to our Oakland Hardjula's Talk & Text line, and we're going to go to Henry in Narco. Henry, you're in the huddle at the Point After Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network with Bobby Bear.
8: Hello, Bobby. I was going to ask you a question about the compensation uh, from the Broncos to uh, us for Payton, but I'm going to ask you something else. Okay. If a linebacker sacks the quarterback and the linebacker runs around in the offensive backfield, pounding on his chest and dancing around, why isn't that taunting?
3: No, I, I, I think as long as you're not doing it in the player's face. Or over the top of Yeah, it. Yeah, over the top of him, like you're trying to like dominate him. I think if you're kind of doing it to the fans, uh, that, that you can all that. You know, like excessive celebration in the end zone and all that. I think if you're doing that like in an open space, uh, the NFL uh, gets to the point where they don't even care about that. They don't want you like right in the player's face doing that or standing over them, like Mike was saying. And the, the, and,
2: and they get taught about this and talk to that you can't. Yeah, sort of want to try to intimidate yourself over a player when you make a big play. Yeah,
3: they have competition uh, committee meetings with all the teams and the players know. Like, we're going to call this as taunting if you do this. Now, this is not taunting. uh, Taunting, this is taunting. So, the the, the players are aware of that. So, if you see a player like, like, uh, like Marcus Davenport getting kicked out the game. Uh, all I know is you can't hit nobody in the helmet, and and then Mike th- and then th- Foreman did th- exactly th- right th- back th- to him. And, and Foreman, there, come on, you got to be in control of your emotions there. Self control. Foreman, Foreman was averaging six yards a carry on twelve carries. Now Hubbard had to uh, tow the load at the end. He did a good job. Uh, yeah, he did a good job, but they wanted to use that one-two punch. And Mike, I have a question for you. Uh, so, so hold on, uh, Henry. Mike, this is the text. And uh, uh, and this comes from, uh, let me see, 8876. Hey, Bobby and Mike, please tell me that Marcus Davenport has played his last play for the Saints. I think he's played well, uh, his last play. Okay, I, I agree with you. I agree with you that the Saints will not pay Marcus Davenport in the future. And now, don't
2: be surprised, that team a little out east of you, because Terry Fontenot was here when they made that maneuver, Th- that he would end to up trade up to get Marcus Davenport, and I and they got fifty five million dollars in free agency. And what's their biggest need? An edge pass rusher.
3: And, and I, I think they're
2: willing to take a flyer on Davenport.
3: And, and, and this year, now uh, what have you done for him lately? Not so much this year with Davenport, but in previous years when he's been healthy. Now, if now <laughs> if he's been dominant, not like, good. Dominant, but I, I, we haven't seen a lot of that this no, year. No, no, no. And then even in past years, he'd be dominant. Then, then he'd I get hurt. Then this hurt, that hurts. Or what hurts? This, I, I'm never 100%. No, th- that's going to be the key for Davenport. You know, the one thing, and they were partners. they were buddy buddies. Trey Henderson and Davenport, you know how players respect other players and all that they're in the meetings, and they go out there and they're performing at a high level. And Trey Henderson would say, no, oh, Davenport's my dog. Davenport would say, Trey Hendrickson, my dog. But all I know is I want a dog that's showing up, and that's Trey Henderson. What he's done in the Bengals' uniform. Week in, week out. Yes. And, and Davenport, I think, has the same ability as a Trey Hendrickson. I think that, he's got more, no, no, not more. talent yes. than Henderson. Uh, But But then uh, you can't play like once every six weeks no. or something. Come on.
2: And, and, and Spurdy. The one thing with yes. Trey, he was always consistent. High motor. And so I, I'll give him that. We're going to go back to our Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line. We're going to go to James in New Orleans. James in the point after show with Bobby Eber.
4: Hey, so guys, the season's over. I'm
7: losing my voice here. But listen, the season's over with. Yep. Um, I kind of feel like
8: we're not going to. I mean, we, I don't think we could win with Dennis Allen. You guys seem adamant that you're going to keep him the only way i think
4: we got a shot is because the division
2: sucks the high
8: horse style. Listen, that's um, part
3: of it, James. You 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 hit the nail on the head. Hey, hey, because because James, next year to win the division instead of 8-9 like Tampa Bay, it might be 9-8. You know, I always say to to win to truly be or a playoff seven. team. Yeah, to truly be a playoff team and i think uh, the way they got the extended wild card and all that that If you get to 10 wins, I think any franchise, if they sell to their fans, we're going to have a double-digit winning season. And, Mike, it might be 10-7, and but that means you're in the postseason. That doesn't mean you're going to win anything, but you're in the hunt. Then anything can happen in one game. Yeah, because you think about Atlanta,
2: it's going to be about the development of Desmond Ritter at quarterback, and can they get a pass rush?
3: Because they they haven't been able to get anything close to that. Desmond Ritter against us, Mike, Mike. Okay, you might, uh, you're a Desmond Ritter fan. That yes, was his I first am. Game. I'm a Desmond Ritter fan. Like, uh, I don't think he, did he throw for 100 yards against <laughs> no, us? No, he did. I mean, Sam Darnold only threw for 43. Is our defense that good? I think our defense is very good, but it's not like all of a sudden we're going with a young guy and the magic's going to work. I think we need uh, a. Okay, uh, uh, let uh, let
2: me tell you what Ritter uh, did today against the Bucks. What did he do against the Bucks? 19 of 30, 225, two touchdowns,
3: zero interceptions. That means he's progressing. He's getting better. You don't have to, people, you don't have to have, like, people get enamored when you got everybody. Everybody's not going to get a Patrick Mahomes. They're not going to get a Josh Allen. They're not going to get a Justin Herbert, whatever. You're not going to have these quarterbacks ever in the game throwing for 300 yards. NFL defenses are too good. You know what you have to do? You got to protect the football and you got to be efficient as far as like time of possession, third down, what you're doing in the red zone. That's how you're going to win games. And they got the right head coach. I think Arthur Smith is a
2: potentially. Really good head coach in the NFL.
3: Well, and and the reason right now, shouldn't you think Cowgirl fans should have more confidence in their team than they should? Right now, you know why they don't? Because it seems like uh, every game that uh, Dak Prescott's throwing one or two interceptions. And do they have full
2: confidence in Mike McCarthy?
3: Right, right. Uh, Mike McCarthy. (laughs) You can say, that's a no. And and they're almost like, ah, we got to go to Tampa. If Tampa ends up winning that game, man. No, no, no. they could be jumping off bridges, uh, Cowgirl fans. (laughs) Uh, When you think deep down, uh, deep down Dallas, going to Tampa in the postseason should be laughing at the Buccaneers. They should say they have no chance because it should be right now. The Eagles 49ers in Dallas. But I'm telling you, they don't uh, trust Dak Prescott. You know the one thing in the NFC, I don't know where Jalen Hurts and his status in the postseason but the one thing, look what they got, Mr. Irrelevant in San Francisco. But look at their uh, the, the teams, the team support they have in San Francisco right now. The NFC's down, so it's not far fetched that the Saints could turn things around right quick and be amongst the best. Mike, it's not like we in the AFC where the AFC is much tougher. The AFC is stacked. You look at Buffalo. Uh, you, 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 you look at Cincinnati, Kansas City, you Kansas City. Uh, you, you look at the Dolphins roster. You look at the Chargers. Now they got like. Four or five teams where NFC might have one or two.
2: That was Bobby Hebert. More with the Point After Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We're back here on the Point After Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Bobby, what's bugging you about today's game? And it's brought to you by J&J Exterminators, Louisiana's independent exterminating company. What's well, bugging you today, Bob?
3: Well, uh, what's bugging me, and, and I don't know if you can even exterminate this, uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, to me, if you'd have told me this before the game, okay, that we're going to hold Carolina to 10 points. You know, as of late, we've been holding opponents to 12 points. So we're only going to hold them to 10 points. And then we're going to be plus one in the turnover margin. Mike, you know, how I'm always like saying, okay, can we be on the plus side in turnover margin instead of like negative? Because now we're still minus 11 for the season. Well, we are plus one in the turnover margin. If you'd have told me ten, we got hold of the 10 points and plus one in the turnover margin, and then the opposing quarterback, the way the NFL is structured today, he's going to throw for 43 yards. <laughs> okay. And you lose. Okay, 43, and his quarterback rating's like 2.8. So, uh, uh, Mike, uh, I, and, and he was 5 of 15. And we lose the game. I go, and, and then, okay, well, we probably turn over the ball. No, we were plus one. So we didn't turn it over. So that's what's bugging me. That is definitely uh, the Saints. Like, flipping the percentages is like uh, how you lose, how you lose a game. The glass is half empty instead of half full. No, Mike, that that is embarrassing. That is embarrassing. I don't care if Sean Payne was coaching. I don't care if Dennis Allen's coaching. Whoever's coaching, any organization. This could be any NFL team. The way the league is structured. This could be like the Houston Texans, or this could be the Chicago Bears. If they held an opponent to 10 points and they were plus one in the turnover margin and the opposing quarterback. Let's say it was the Bears or the Texans only threw for 43 yards. i say, well, hell yeah, they should win. But you know what? The Saints didn't win. That's what freaking bugs me.
2: That was Bobby's Bug brought to you by J&J Exterminators, Louisiana's independent exterminating company. We'll go to a quick break and come back with more of the Point After Show on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We're back here on the Point After Show with Bobby Hebert on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Uh, Tyron Matthew uh, spoke uh, to the media after the uh, Saints Panthers game, and so we're going to listen in on what Tyron had to say. I know the season just ended ups and downs. How would you characterize this year looking back?
9: Uh, you know, obviously, we. You know felt like you know we were a playoff team um, you know felt like we dropped a lot of games you know early on in the season um, felt like the second half of the season was much better um, especially defensively you know i think uh you know we really came together um, you know I thought we finished the season out you know fairly strong as well um most definitely you know I think we would have liked to win you know more games
5: at what point in the season did you feel like you had grasp full grasp with the system and you were in sync in terms of how you
9: normally play? Um I thought it probably you know, it's probably fair to say, you know, maybe midway, you know, through the season. Um, you know, took a lot of punches, you know, early on in the year. but I've been doing this a long time. so, you know, you just keep coming to work, you know, keep trying to get better. you know, and just, you know, stick with your teammates through it all. So, you know, I felt like I did that for the most part and uh you know felt like i finished the season you know fairly strong
0: i know we're coming off of a a loss in this game but you coming back to the city of new orleans you finished this first season now what can you say about your return here to the the city
9: it's been a blessing um you know a lot of home cooked meals um you know just you know bumping into people that you know i haven't seen in years Uh, you know i just saw one of my uncles working at the gate you know before the game and i hadn't seen him since you know, my Willie Hall days. So, you know, definitely grateful, you know. You know, I had a chance to play with a lot of guys that, you know, I've always admired, you know, from DeMario to Alvin, you know, um, Cam. So, you know, a lot of great figures, you know, you know, for New Orleans. So, you know, it's been a blessing for me. You know, definitely humbling, for sure.
1: You signed a multi-year deal, so you'll be here next year. Do you look at this team and see a team that, can ascend quickly with with the talent that you all have there. There's change in every team every year, but nonetheless there's still going to be core pieces there.
9: Yeah. Um you know, I think with the way we finished the season, you know, this year, um I think it's a lot of positive momentum, you know, for us. You know, and it's a lot of motivation as well, you know, going into the off season. So, um you know, I think, you know, each man individually, you know, just has to commit to that, you know, going forward, um but I do believe that and I personally believe that you know we do have a you know a pretty good football team. Uh, it didn't always look like that throughout the season, um, but you know I think we all kind of bonded together, came together, um, you know, and coaches as well. You know, I felt like as the season went along, you know, you know we began to play harder. You know, not just for each other, but for our coaches as well. So, you know, I think all of those things are positives. A few weeks ago, I asked you the question about the lack of turnover
2: in the last few weeks y'all have really picked it up starting to you know force turnovers especially you being the leader on that can you talk about you know, what the uh the stigma is from the defensive backfield how y'all made that start to
9: work well you know i, I think coming into the season you know, i think we realized that you know we're a really talented group and i think we all had kind of you know high expectations to you know uh not just lead our team in turnovers but be know one of the leaders you know turnovers you know with the whole NFL and you know the ball doesn't always bounce you know like I said we just continue to come to work you know each and every day you know our coaches continue to coach us the same way and you know if you just stick with something long enough you know the ball will tend to bounce your way you know here and there but you know it's definitely a positive you know being able to create turnovers you know give your offense short fields and it's usually like a team, you know, morale booster as well. You know, any time you're able to to kind of make those plays. So, you know, hopefully, you know, we can make, you know, a lot more of those plays, you know, next year. Coach says that
4: besides finishing some
9: tackle. Well, you know, I think coming into the week, you know, us, you know, as a secondary, I think we kind of understood we were like, you know, two or three, you know, as far as like, you know, passing yards allowed per game. Um, so, you know, we just set a goal for ourselves that, you know, we weren't going to let these guys throw for more than, you know, 120. You know, obviously throwing the ball wasn't in their game plan. Um, you know, I feel like those guys stuck with the run a lot more. But, you know, uh, I think it's always a good feeling, you know, when you can hit a, a goal that you set for yourself or for your unit, you know. Um, so, you know, I feel like all of us kind of covered well, you know, played hard. You know, Roby made some good plays. Know obviously Lat and Lante, but you know, just felt like we came together. You know, as far as that goes today.
8: What's the biggest thing that you think you guys as a team will carry over from this year into next year?
9: Oh man, Um, you know, just starting the right way. You know, um, like I said, I felt like early in the season we. You know we let a few games get away from us you know games that we felt like we were in control of you know I could probably name four or five of those games you know where you know if one of us makes a tackle or you know one of us makes the play you know we win that game so um, you know I mean it's high expectations and it's high standards but you know I think that I think we're all capable of it so you know I'll probably say just not pressing as much you know to start the season uh you know just kind of letting it all flow and letting it all come together but you know definitely like i said earlier you know it's a lot of motivation for us you know because a lot of games we lost you know we weren't out those games you know we had a chance to win them so you know it's just kind of keeping that in your mind you know as you're working out this off season you know coming back in otas um just trying to keep that spirit you know high as you can hey tyron how, how frustrating has that been though just being so close in so many games it's definitely frustrating you know um you know i think you know each man in that room you know coaches including you know none of us you know likes to lose you know um and you know but like i said it's a lot of positive that you know we could take from this season you know from those losses um and yeah you know i think it's a lot of motivation so you know sometimes you know you have to go through these kind of things to kind of you know, see your potential and, like, see your true self. So, you know, we had our fair share of adversity, you know, this season. Um, and I think it's going to make, like, I think it's going to make gold out of us, you know. So, uh, you know, we just got to believe in that.
0: Tyron, um, we kind of talked about this earlier this week. But do, you, do you feel like you were starting to make
3: the, the Tyron Matthew type of plays I and mean, you had a pick today in the forced fumble down by the goal line? Do you feel like you're kind of starting to find it toward the end of the season?
9: Yeah, you know, most definitely. Like I said, every now and then the ball has to, you know, bounce your way. You know, quarterbacks have to, you know, throw it at you and give you opportunity to make a play. But you know, I think as the season went on, you know, I just stopped pressing. You know, I think you know you want to be able to make every play and make every tackle, and sometimes you make you make none. And so you know, I think you know a lot of times you just have to let the game come to you, you know, and not try to you know press it or, or rush it. So, uh, you know, I thought as the season went on, I was kind of able to, you know, do a better job of that and, you know, my coaches and teammates were like always encouraging, you know, as well, too. So, you know, I think all of that kind of helped me.
2: That was Tyron Matthew following the Saints 10-7 loss to the Panthers, Bobby.
3: You know, uh, you know, I'm proud of Honey Badger in a sense where You know, you think like a veteran. He is what he is. But he actually got better in a Saints uniform on the back end of the season. Because we were saying, well, maybe the game is somewhat past them by. Especially Uh, in the tackling. tackling. No, and that's what I was saying, in the tackling. Mike, he he, on the back end, uh, he was just tackling better. I don't know you're getting into the flow of things. Do you know um, that he was second in team tackles? Now, you always want to hit that century mark. Like, uh, Demario Davis, uh, well over 100. But you know, Tyron Matthew had 91 uh, tackles total. So, where did
2: Pete Werner fall in that?
3: Pete Werner got hurt. He ended up being like third. Okay. Uh, because him and Kay Nellis. I, I no, think if Pete would Pete have Werner stayed had healthy, he'd have got over 100 he'd had 130 times. to 100, oh, uh, like 50, question. whatever. Pete Werner was on that. But I mean, you look at Pete Werner, Kay Nellis, but looking at, at Tyron Matthew, okay, uh, 91 total tackles. Mike ended up having three interceptions. What if everybody in that secondary had three interceptions? The safeties, the cornerbacks, and all that. So he ended up having, uh, leading the team in interceptions with three. He had uh, eight passes defended. He forced a fumble. Uh, he had a fumble recovery. So, I mean, it wasn't like Tyron Matthew when you look at, uh, boy, he needs to give up the goals. No, he actually got better. On the back end, I I don't know what the Saints' plans are with him in the future. Or what his plans are for the future. Now, now, I I can tell you this. That the main difference as far as the production and the consistency in the past at that safety position was because they were available. And I'm talking about Marcus Williams and Malcolm Malcolm. Jenkins. They play side-by-side. Marcus May and Tyron Matthew. They didn't even get to play side-by-side. Side. Now, the two teammates that are not familiar with one another, Marcus May is covering the Jets. Tyron Matthews is covering the Chiefs. Mike, uh, they practice a few days at all, and then they don't even get to play. One's hurt. One's not. is this or that. And then Tyron left right, for a long a period of training camp. Yeah, yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, Marcus May, he's struggling. And, Mike, he had a couple of games on the back end of the season – like turning the corner like Tyron Matthew. Now I can see with the Saints seeing Marcus May. Then he gets hurt. Now then it happened to Honey Badger. Honey Badger has been available and he's been producing. So when I look at, okay, I'm not poo-pooing Marcus May and Tyron Matthew. But compared to Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins, come on. Uh, uh, Mike, not this year in that area code. No, so I would give. Now you might say, "Well, Bobby, what are you talking about? Look at a great pass defense." Okay, I think it's a combination of the cornerbacks where we are at right now, and also them. But uh, because this doesn't happen by accident, that if you look at like uh, uh, like all of a sudden uh, pass defense, Mike. Uh, since we came in the Raiders, the Saints are number one. We only given up 176 yards passing. <laughs> a game, and today we gave up 43. So that's not an accident. Now, and you
2: say that's one area I'm not too concerned about in all season. Right, right. One thing for sure, that's no way in hell unless I get. A Godfather offer. I'm trading Marshawn Lattimore. No wait, no Lattimore ways. is on this team, and now I got two guys: uh, Alante Taylor, a- Alante Taylor entering his second year; Paulson Adebo entering his third year. You're not paying them nothing, and they good players. No, and I think Alante has a chance to really be something special.
3: Now, I think right now, even though uh, Paulson Adebo was all airline highway he and training sure camp. Was that Alante Taylor might have more upside than Paulson and Debo. I think Lattimore's already there. The only time I oh, saw – Oh, is at another level. The only time I saw Lattimore ever get – Jefferson. Was in <laughs> against Justin Jefferson. Any, I'm talking all the Saints receiver, Michael Thomas, he can hang with all of them. That's the only time I ever – that's why you want Lattimore on your team. You want Alante Taylor on your, your team. And I think also like Paulson and Debos now all of a sudden, you might think he's a hot commodity. He's still hot, but he's still the third banana. But, Mike, even before uh, when I talked about uh, that uh, since we came with the Raiders, we had the number one pass, division 176 shards. Overall, throughout the whole season, Mike, we ranked third. We're not even giving up 200 yards passing. Even when our defense, you might think they were struggling. We're giving up 193 yards a game. He got gashed so, 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 in the yeah, running one, game early. Yes. It, it's more, yes. That would be more run support and all that. But as far as pass defense, no, we're doing it right. you got to give Coach Richard and I think Dennis Allen one thing. He's a defensive coordinator. But what, what, what has been his wheelhouse when he was a Saints assistant? He's the defensive back coach. So I think the combination of Coach Richard and Dennis Allen with the secondary has been outstanding. I think the whole defense as a whole, look, a scoring defense, what we've done lately, we thought that'd be from the get-go, but we're getting it done defensively. we got to do that from the start next year, but we got to get the offense rolling. Okay,
2: last Monday night, Peter Junta uh, told us on the Saints Coaches Show, who's in charge of third down defense? Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen.
3: Yeah. Uh, the, the, the third down the That's his
2: wheelhouse on the defensive side. Uh, and of I want to say,
3: Mike, I want to say third down and maybe red zone also. Off the
2: top of my head, uh, I, I, I do remember him saying third down. Those see, third some, down officials. And I think,
3: like, also look red zone defense. We now uh, today. Let me see what they were. I think they ended up being one. Now, of Third one. down.
2: You you no, no, that no. wasn't a good number in the second no, half. No,
3: no, we end no. But they had no, they were one of one. Uh, but no. but other than that, over the whole last two seasons. We've been like three or four in the whole red zone defense. We've been outstanding, been very, very good as, as far as not giving defense. up touchdowns.
2: What you got to do is retool your offense, and I think your offensive coaching staff. I think some of that's going to have to be done. Uh, this offseason, I have no doubt about it. We'll be back with more of the Point After Show on the Community Coffee, all and Saints Radio Network. We're back here on the Point After Show with Bobby Abair on the Community Coffee and all and Saints Radio Network. We're going to go back to our Oakland Heart uh, talk and text line, and we're going to go to Henry in Seattle. Henry, you're in the huddle on the Point After with Bobby Abair.
5: How you guys doing? All right. So listen, what are we even talking about here? I mean, who I don't know who it was you mentioned earlier, just about Sean Payton being worth several wins, and it's just absolutely true. I mean, I, Davenport I said it. Kicked, I believe it. Yeah, give, Davenport getting kicked out. Let's just talk about a couple of plays. Let's talk about Olave at the end of the first half, ten seconds left, and there's two timeouts, and yet he's trying to get to the sideline to stop the clock, and he fumbles. There's <laughs> seconds left, and we have two timeouts. What is he doing? I mean, that's coaching. Third down in the fourth quarter, you know, before we missed the long field goal. Why are they throwing a long pass? I mean, we had first in de- first minute and a half left, first down on the 35, and we get negative two yards in three plays. I mean, at some point it's coaching, man. It just is.
3: No, that's a great point you're making, Henry, uh, because the, the players are a reflection of the coach and how they're aware of the circumstance and situation. Right there with Chris Olave fumble. Uh, he has to know we got a couple of timeouts. so it's more important that I protect the football instead of worrying about maybe and hit r- 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 the ground or, or maybe reaching for the sideline. You know that nobody thinks that all matters. That's a gr- great point you're making, Henry. Exactly, man. I mean, he he's literally trying to get over to the
5: sideline. It's like, man, the time is way more valuable than you get into the sideline. plus there's two timeouts, right. Davenport, the fourth down play. I mean, first of all, we missed Throckmorton today. I didn't hear anyone talking about Throckmorton not being in the game. We missed him big time. I don't know where he was today. He, but yeah, yeah. On that fourth, where was he?
3: Well, uh, Mike, did you say, was he hurt or not? Because I'm looking at Throckmorton because, uh, I mean, I thought, like, what have you done for him When they plugged in, play him, uh, he's done outstanding. Uh, now, uh, we're going to have to find out that that's a good uh, so question. Henry. But
5: anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that was big. I mean, that fourth down play, when we run right up the middle with Camara, I get it. If it works, then maybe it's, you can get away with it, but obviously they completely stack the box. And at some point these plays just stack up on each other and you're just like, well, you know, this is clearly coaching. And I just, you know these wins with the, the buccaneers game i mean i'm i'm not saying we're a super bowl contender but we're three or literally three or four wins difference this year with a better coach and it just sucks cuz you know they're probably not going to get rid of him after only one year i'm not even but and and you know it's a poor hire at this point i mean it's just a swing and a miss and it's got a chance to really cost the franchise and really set us back, and it's just really disappointing. Well, well, it's
3: disappointing. Well, 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 no question well, 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 about it. Henry, if you break it down like you said and that you look at uh, the parity in the league and then uh, coaching comes involved, whether you win or lose, that and decision by players uh, who are, who are, are coach, uh, you know, what they have to do, and when you see it happen in a ne- negative aspect uh, more than once, then you say, well, you, it's a reflection of the coach. But uh, when you look at it at 7-10, and ten, I mean, uh, it's not far-fetched to say, oh, that's pie in the sky that the Saints could be 10-7. and seven. I mean, it's not that outrageous. And yeah. when you think about – because you can look at certain plays and certain games and then you say, well, that's coaching, that's coaching, that's coaching. So, yeah, it does make a difference in three or four more wins.
2: And that's I think that's what an elite coach does for your franchise. I have no doubt about it. He can get you an extra couple of three wins. You look back at the Bounty Gate year. What were they were the year before? What happened during Bounty
3: Gate? We were a 500 team, and the year before, the the greatest season ever in Saints history uh, in 2011. And in the Bounty Gate, we were basically 500. Okay, so you can close the
2: case. So to speak, you, you get it that, that coaching does matter. Right. You can talk about players and players do matter too, but coaching matters in this game. Cause if it's close, this ain't high school or college where I think you can see a bigger margin of talent, uh, between the two sides. I think well, in the NFL, it's a lot having to do with what you got coaching those guys.
3: Well, and, and I think, uh, Dennis Allen, uh, coach Allen, The bottom line is you got to win, and and he knows that. But sometimes I feel like, and I think the fan base feels like he's playing not to lose instead of playing to win. Uh, He's playing more to percentage, like he's analyzing this, and we got to do this or that. Look, he was four for four on challenges. So you look how you analyze stuff. But I think just a gut feeling that Sean maybe would be more uh, risque as far as that gut feeling, and then all of a sudden, now, if it works out, then you look awesome. If it doesn't work out, then you're like, Well, what what, what are you doing? Like, did one trick play, we were playing Tampa Bay, and we tried some double reverse something and all that. That didn't work. And then, like, Sean, what the hell are you doing? And then everybody, and then even Sean... Even Sean uh, made fun uh, of himself about what the hell was I thinking What was I thinking there? But the, the point being, I think Dennis... It, 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 he's just, it, listen, he's so conservative in a sense that he's going to go by the book. And sometimes by going by the book, you have 7 and 10 or 8 and 9 type yeah, seasons. You, you're an average uh, team. Uh, if yeah. you don't think coaching makes a difference, ask Giants
2: fans, Brian DeBall, he's made what, all what, the difference. what type of difference he made in New York, what Doug Peterson did taking over that Jacksonville, Jacksonville team. Man, all this stuff about Urban Meyer. You know, it was, oh, man, all bowed by, by the feet of Urban Meyer. You know, he found out the NFL was different, totally different. No, those guys turned on him.
3: No, Doug Peterson, uh, to me, I don't know, Mike, my, uh, my opinion, he should be coach of the year when he's done with the Jaguars.
2: He won't win it, but and, he should get it.
3: Well, the, the, the track record, what he did with the Eagles, and look at the quarterback uh, controversy as far as, like, who's heard, who's playing. And you win a Super Bowl, then all of a sudden, after Urban Meyer, how he turned things, he turned a uh, thing around for uh, Trevor Lawrence. What he's done this year, it's unbelievable. So how can you not acknowledge Doug Peterson, what he's done for the Jaguars and, and put them in the postseason? So
2: those examples show you coaching does matter in, in this business. We're gonna go back to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line. We're gonna go to Chuck B in Mid City. Chuck B in the point after show with Bobby Abel. Bobby,
8: D, and I was about to say D, but, but Mike, man, listen.
2: You just used the
8: word track record, right? Correct. Okay. Would you take an airplane that was 50-50 in his track record from New Orleans to the West Coast? Hell no. No. Okay. You, you wouldn't You wouldn't drive your car if it's 50-50 on a long-range trip, right? Nope. Why is Dennis Adelon our head coach? The point is this. We as fans... The Saints, who that nation, everybody that cares, we didn't look at the track record, and evidently neither did the the, the Saints uh, owners and management organization. Understand the relationship with, with Sean Payton. However, the track record, the history, the body of work for Dennis Allen as a head coach is only mediocre at best. So why should we have all assumed that because the team was consistent on paper, everything was gonna be just fine. We just said that coaching does matter. And look, Bobby, we kinda I had kinda made this, this point a little bit earlier in the season and you kinda took my point in a different direction. When I mentioned remember I mentioned Mike Singletary in terms of the guys coming back to the sideline, they wouldn't be coming back or the, or the efforts would they wouldn't be doing that foolishness if you hit a Mike Singletary-type person. You're about when
3: he was with the 49ers? But, yeah, but think about that, Chugby. They ran him off because Vernon Davis, Vernon Davis, uh, uh, Mike Singletary told him, hit the showers, and he hit yeah, the showers, had, and Vernon Davis ended up burning the Saints in 2011. Well, well, Mike didn't so. understand hey, well, no, everybody wait. couldn't play at his level. Yeah, yeah. Could no, not no, understand wait. that. Yeah. So you, it, you have it, to you explain is. me that, Chugby.
8: Okay, if I can say this, because that same Vernon Davis, if you remember when it was all said and done, da- Vernon Davis came out personally and said, I need to thank Mike Singletary because he was the one who actually got me to get my head on straight and became an all star tight end, right? Right. It was Mike Singletary. And so the point is this it's not about what your demeanor is so much, but they respect your track record, they respect your history. Whether well, you got a mild-mannered coach in Tony or somebody who's mediocre in, in, in Andy Reid, or somebody who's you know, really up there you know, in terms of excitement and so forth as a head coach, the point is this. Those players respect what they did on the field and the knowledge of the game. They're winners. Every one of their personalities might be different in terms of their approach to dealing with a player and, and, and their coaches. However... Everybody in that locker room, everybody on the field, can respect what they have accomplished in their roles, whether as a player and as a coach. So Mike Singletary, while that was his first year, but man, that guy could evaluate talent, and he knew the, the direction. He, somebody else came in, just like Tony Dungy did with with Tampa. Well, State. why is he not coaching could, anymore? Why is like, Mike Singletary not oh, coaching I, I, I anymore? Is, well. We could have this conversation well, outside he, he, over, he, he, over some drink because you, you know what that's about, to well, be, I'll be honest, because you've got coaches who would have who had a second chance. Mike Singletary is too talented and too knowledgeable to somebody for, for him to not be on somebody's staff at
3: least. Well, the thing is, he might want more money than they're willing to pay him. I mean, I, I, I don't know, Chuck B. He might... He might not because he could have an opportunity. If you talented, you gotta be willing to travel. He might only wanna live in one place with his family. You don't know.
2: The other thing too is Mike has acknowledged this, that he didn't think players, you know, understood the game like he did. And it's tough when you're a great player. To translate that, very few great players can become great coaches.
3: Well, look look at Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's the greatest player ever. Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. Michael Jordan's not even a good general manager. Come on.
2: (laughs) We'll be back with more of the Point After Show on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Let's take a 10-second pause for a station identification on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We're back here to close it out on the point after show on the community coffee. You all in Saints Radio Network. Bob, I think in the offseason, um, we're not gonna have time for calls, but I think one of the things Mickey Loomis, Dennis Allen's gonna have to do one, you're gonna have to revamp your offensive coaching staff. There'll be some changes there along the offensive coaching staff. But you gotta get better at running back. I think you gotta add a thunderback understanding that most likely Kamara's going to miss at least half the season. You're going to have to find a big, what I call a big man receiver. I think that's a big part of this game that they don't have. And and thirdly, I do believe um, the offensive guard spot, you got to upgrade. Uh, I think they're going to go another year with, with Ruiz. But, man, uh, with Andrus Pete, I think you're going to have to move on.
3: Yeah, I, I think I, I can see that happening. Uh, Mike, do you think, though, that uh, where are we at and, um, and, and what they want to do uh, offensively, do you think that um, – that even with the changes that your coaches, do you think they go the free agent route or are they draft a quarterback as far what what do you think? Well,
2: do? I think that they're going to have talks to try to re-up Andy Dalton. Uh, that That's just a gut feeling of mine, that they're going to try to get Andy to come back. But nothing, I think, puts the pads on a franchise more than getting a young quarterback. So if you get a first-round pick, which you're going to get for Sean, you got to use that on a quarterback you got to bring in a young quarterback uh, to develop on, on this football well, team. And, talking, and have a bridge guy, yeah, and, if it's Andy and, or well, another veteran. But one thing, that is the priority. you got to bring in a young QB. Well, i love Lamar Jackson, but it's going to be how much is going to cost you right, to bring right. in Lamar. And,
3: and, and as we're getting ready to go to the top of the hour, you're talking about like a power back. Okay? What is your take other teams? Because Alvin Kamara can play at a high level. But he's going to be suspended. What would you get in draft capital if all of a sudden I'm dealing Kamara because he's not going to be available next year? In the you're future. not going to
2: get as much as you might think you might get just because he's not going to be available. He's not going to be available. End it for us today, Bob. On the point after. All
3: right, bon nuit, les gens. Good night, people. Who that? See you next year. Who that nation? Okay. Picture this: It's Friday afternoon
1: when a thought hits you.